I'm talking today with my good girlfriend, Christine Hessler. She has a master's degree in spiritual psychology. She's a best-selling author, a keynote speaker, a master coach, and her own has her own podcast called Over It and On With It. And today we're going to be talking about being the queen, how to get past a lot of the contradicting dating advice that's out there and how to find the perfect person for you by stepping into being the queen that you are. So enjoy. Hi, I'm Natalie Ledwell and welcome to Not Over, Just Different, a podcast for women of a respectable age facing life's next new chapter. So grab a cup of tea and pour yourself a glass of wine and join me for some deep, real and candid conversations about everything from health, aging gracefully, relationships and how to make the next 50 years even better than the first. Well, welcome to the podcast for today. Um, I have another one of my um, close girlfriends with me uh, on this podcast today. She is a legend. She is the uh, best-selling author of The Expectation Hangover. She has an awesome podcast that you have to f- check out. It's called Over It and On With It, um, where she's coaching a lot of different people um, through their life challenges, and she does it in an exceptionally great way. Uh, and she has a, a, a program called Be The Queen, which um, we're going to be talking a little bit about today. So please welcome my special guest, Christine Hassler. How are you, darling? <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm happy. I always love our conversation, so I'm happy to be here. I, I, and this is what I love about this podcast. I get to talk with my girlfriends, but um, <laughs> but we get to share it, you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and as I was saying to you before, you know, these are really candid, broad conversations um, about you know, subjects that affect so many of us uh, and, uh, you know, that sometimes we have some shame and guilt around um, Mm -hmm. or things that we really struggle with. So, you know, we're really trying to open up those conversations in a way um, that can model how to have these conversations with your girlfriends. Now, um, Be the Queen uh, was born out of your personal life experience (laughs) 100 percent yeah um and uh you know and and that whole experience about finding you know your man and your husband and and all of Mm -hmm. that so can you share a bit of that background before we get into some of the juicy conversation yeah i'd love to so it's one of the things that i'm really excited about talking about um because i love love Mm -hmm. and i think that we all deserve love and not just like compatible okay love but epic love and love that helps us grow in our own, our own journey and our own consciousness and a relationship that triggers us in all the best ways and helps us, you know, expand. So why I'm so passionate about it is because my love life has been one of the areas where I seem to have chosen consciously or unconsciously to have a lot of lessons or better said struggles. So I've been engaged three times, married twice, divorced once. So let me put that all together. So I was an, at a young age, one of those women that just was a serial monogamer and it didn't matter who it was. It could be an addict. Like I would, if they wanted me, I would be their girlfriend. And finally, I, one of my boyfriends proposed to me at the age of 25, at 26, he broke up with me six months before the wedding. Less than a year later, I met a man who I then married at 32, got divorced and that was a really devastating moment because I was somebody who really liked to live on a timeline, planner, Virgo, a little bit of an overachiever. 
And so when, when I got divorced, especially at the age where, you know, people were still getting married and people were thinking about having babies and all those things, I felt like I had failed. And I also had been a coach and an author at the time and wrote this book about how my fiance dumped me and I met the love of my life. And then, you know, four years later, I'm getting a divorce. So it was a very humbling come to my knees time. And I saw just this pattern of how my, my love life was reflecting both my own wounding, you know, things that have happened to me that I haven't resolved and my own inner partnership with myself. And so I chose consciously to remain single for a while because I was like, I don't want to do this again. Like there's a common theme here of the relationships ending. And I, I want to make sure that my next one is, you know, I've, I've always been someone who either wanted a, a marriage or a, a, a life partner to grow old with. So I wanted my next one to stick and to be my last. So I was consciously single for a while. And then towards my late thirties, I was like, all right, like I have traveled the world. I have built a business. I have made over a million dollars. Like I've, I've checked all these things <laughs> off my list. I've slept with random whatevers. Turns out that wasn't so great to begin with. Like I, I you know, I had the hot guy, the bad, you know, all those things. And I just was craving connect, like the real thing. And I was craving a man who just was consistent, who you know, did his actions matched his words, um, was clear in what he wanted, valued personal growth as much as I did. Um, and just really, again, I come back to that clarity because the experience I had in dating is men, they would, they would, they weren't ready. They weren't sure they were emotionally unavailable. And a lot of that is what I was attracting based on the consciousness that I was in. But a lot of it too, was just tolerating behavior from, from men and in dating that wasn't in alignment with what I really wanted because it was better than being alone. But I really took a stand of like, no, this is what I want. And I had to turn down the volume of a lot of external things. So things like you're almost 40, you're going to have to go for a man over 55 because no one in their 40s is going to want you. They want late 20-somethings, early 30-somethings. You can't have a masculine man who's also spiritual. You're going to need more of that beta man. You're an entrepreneur, alpha woman. You're going to need a soft feminine like artist type. Um, he's not going to be conscious and good looking too. Like just, and I would hear these things over and over and over again. Were they my own fears being echoed or were they just sort of the consciousness of the world echoing it back to me. And I've talked to so many single women, especially women in their, their late forties and be, or late thirties and beyond, especially forties that hear a lot of negative things. And you start to feel like as you age, you lose your value, like you lose your desirability. And I just came to a point where I was like, enough of this, like I'm not buying into this anymore. I'm going to stop listening to dating advice because the dating advice out there, the ones that I found just didn't work. And I'm going to create my own way to call this in, to make this happen. And so I basically put together this whole journey for myself that resulted in meeting my now husband. And by the way, just a short story. I met him when I was living in San Diego. He was living in Perth, Australia, because, and there's no farther place. Like they're literally opposite ends of the world. I mean, even farther than Sydney. I can attest to that. <laughs> yes. And we met through a random series of events where I happened to sit at my friend's husband's computer and my now husband's face was on the screen. And it was just this instant knowing, like this instant knowing. So instant that we met in Greece two months later and he proposed to me like two months after that. 
Um, and he really is everything that's most important to me and more like he, he, he is things that I didn't even know that I wanted or needed that now that I have, I'm like, Oh my God, how did I not know I needed this? Mm. And you know, he's five years younger. He's conscious. I think he's very attractive. He's masculine. He's got that Aussie, you know, Greek Italian fire. And, but most importantly, he values having a conscious relationship and no matter what will always do the work with me and has been consistent and clear from the start. I never questioned where I stood with him never once. And it was such, I think for women, especially entrepreneurial women, when we're doing so much and we handle so much, I think there's a part of us that's just craving to be able to lean back and have someone support us in a very masculine way where we aren't just doing everything. And that kind of consistency and clarity for from a man, I think helps relax, especially women who handle a lot. Like it's like, oh, wow, I can trust you. You're consistent. I don't have to be the one driving this. Like I can, I drive in all these other areas of my life and here I can just relax. And I so want this for other women. I want to help other women go of the the stereotypes, the negativity, the biases, the really shitty advice they've gotten and learn how to internally shift their energy, clean up old stuff that's still vibing at a place that they don't want to be and call in and, and one and also believe that they can call in an epic relationship and really have that. So that's what be the queen is. And I actually teach it with my husband. So it's a live online program and we go through this whole curriculum. And so you have me teaching, but you also have him there coaching to give that masculine perspective as well. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's the thing too, is getting the men's perspective. And I mean, Really, there are no more masculine men than Aussie men. Let's let's face it there. <laughs> and I can t- I test uh, ladies who are listening to this podcast. He's gorgeous, mm. um, and he's just a stunning human being. He's he's just yeah. amazing. So um, I think so. Part of this is what I'm hearing is that that I mean, you were clear about what you wanted, mm-hmm. but how did you have to make any changes to yourself? Oh, to yes. be able to, to, to attract them, what were those changes? Yes. Well, a lot of them was I had to really just tune out what everyone else was telling me about what I could have, how dating worked, what my match would be. I had to really listen to my heart. My head is very loud and very active. And I can be, especially if it's someone I trust, I can be very susceptible to someone saying, well, you know, look for the divorce guy over 50. That's really what you need to do. And I had to really turn down the volume of nothing against that, but that wasn't what I necessarily wanted. I had to turn down the volume of that and really listen to my own inner knowing. I also had some cleanup work to do as much as I had gotten over other breakups, um, stuff with my parents, just old heartbreaks that were, you know, Maybe I had done some some big work on those, but I hadn't gotten to the final little pieces that were still holding together some walls that I had around my heart. I also had to really learn how I overcompensated in my masculine and step more into my feminine. I bought into the misunderstanding that feminine energy was like this, like wooey, like wear a white dress, have glitter and be flowy. And, and I was like, that, that doesn't resonate with me. Like I like to have a plan. Like I'm not putting glitter on my head, like, you know, and so I had to really learn 
what being in my feminine really meant from a way that really resonated with me and also trust and let go of control because I was trying to find a man like I had built a business. Right. And they're very different, <laughs> very, very different. So, and, and also uh, the last thing is, not the last thing, but the last thing that's coming to mind. I had to really be a better partner to myself. You know, I, I notice a big pattern where I could be loving and generous to other people and compassionate and really hold so much space for other people. But when it came to me, man, did I have an inner critic and man, did I have like a, you know, very, very tight forgiveness policy. And, and I was just held myself to expectations that were not very loving. And so I had to practice being in partnership with being a better partner to myself. Yeah. Well, and I think part of that comes to, because I can be like that as well, my worst inner critic. Um, mm-hmm. But part of, and so, but because I'm like that, it, it ties into my worthiness, which means mm-hmm. that um, if I'm dating or, you know, looking for a potential partner, I'm not choosing what I really want. I'm choosing what mm-hmm. I think I can get. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? And yeah. uh, it really affects the, you know, the, the quality of the person that I'm meeting. Yes, I I so was there. And I can't remember what movie it is, but it's like you, you get the love you think you deserve. Mm. And um, I really was in that because, and I also fell into the whole like, well, you know, if I'm dating, then I'm at least chosen in some way. And then I have value in the world. Right. And so that put on some blinders and settled for things that weren't really in alignment with who I was or what I wanted. Exactly. Yeah. No, I love that. And and I know you've talked about, you know, being in this, uh, you know, shifting into more of a feminine energy. Uh, now, I, I, as a recovering masculine woman myself, <laughs> um, how do you do that? Like, you know, it, uh. because it's, it is a challenge. I, I remember because um, I do have a dating coach and, uh you know, they have the, the top five reasons why men doesn't call a woman back on the second date. And I do four of them. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> what are they? I'm curious. What they <laughs> well, the first one is apparently they don't like being told what to do. That's true. <laughs> but which true. means that when they ask, you know, what, where do you want to go, you're not supposed to tell them. And, and I right. go, yes, you're here. You can park here. You can get this. Yeah. This is, you know. So apparently that's a big no-no. Yes. Um, but then there's also, you know, the career woman who talks about her career. But I'm like, but what I do is really interesting. They go, yes, they don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, not on the first couple of dates. Yeah. Um, and the other one was the, uh, you know, have no time, which, hello. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I used to travel a lot, and which I, which is so interesting because uh, before the whole, you know, virus uh, thing had hit, I'd already made, I'd already cleared my calendar of travel. So wow. I, had, I was prepared for it as it came along anyway. Um, one is just the, um, the girl next door. So you kind of go into the friend zone pretty quickly. Yep. which I do because I'm, I have no flirt game. So I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either. Yeah. And then the last yeah. one is being the, the Park Avenue princess, which I'm not that, but, yeah, you know, yeah. the diva. But, um, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, but a lot of those, the ones, the mistakes I had been making in the past become, come from my masculine, Yep. you know. Yep. So yep. How, how do you make that shift? So, and I did, I like, I raised my hand to all those except for the Park Avenue diva or princess. Um, So for me, what I learned is one of the reasons I was so in my masculine energy is because it felt protective. It's the area I felt safe. 
I could easily talk about my career because it was the area in my life I felt confident in where there were so many insecurities that talking about my career could mask. And it made me feel like I had control because then I wasn't so, so vulnerable. And so for me, a big part of shifting it was bringing my inner masculine more into my own healing work. And what I mean by that is when I was kind of excavating those last little places of heartbreak, those things I hadn't really gotten to, I would bring my inner masculine, the, the, inner masculine that provides safety and reassurance and I got you and I got this under control and we're going to handle this. I would bring that part in so that I felt safe in going into those deeper places inside myself. And when I sort of use my, my masculine in a more aligned way inside of me, it was like all of a sudden I felt safer inside myself. And so it was almost like my masculine was sitting in front of my feminine protecting her Right. But then once I went inward and, and brought my masculine kind of behind, it was like my feminine could lead more. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And so it wasn't like, well, I wear skirts more than I wear pants, or I just ask them lots of questions about them instead of talking about my career. It wasn't, it was an energetic thing where I just would know how to respond to where do you want to go for dinner? And I'd say something like, I'd, I'd be in my feminine. So I'd kind of be like, hmm, I don't know. I like Italian or Greek food. And just give them just a little, you know. Um, so it was, it was, it was that inside shift where it like switched positions, and I could feel more like my masculine had my back, versus it was like protecting me out in the world, and I had to lead with that. So it, it took some time, but then it just naturally, it just naturally kind of happened. I don't know if that's a clear enough answer, but that's how it happened for me. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And that's why I look and that was one of the tips that I got was, you know, when they say, well, where do you want to have for dinner rather than tell them? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it's like, well, you know, I know that you'll make a great decision, but these are my two favorite cuisines. Yes. You know? Yes. So, yeah. And I see this with my husband all the time. And it came up in the beginning of our relationship because it went so fast that I got scared because I was like, shit, this is really fast. I have one broken engagement and one divorce under my belt, you know, what's going on? And I would start controlling and I would start leading. And I would start, like, I remember we got in one fight because in the morning I jumped out of bed because I had my meditation routine and my thing to do. And he said, I think it's really important that we cuddle and connect in the morning. And I'm like, I, you can't tell me to cut. I can get out of bed anytime I want. Don't try to control me. I really landed like that. And he would say, stop being a man. And oh, whoa, that would just trigger <laughs> me out the wazoo. And so we, we played this little game for a while until we finally sat down and had an untriggered conversation about it. And, you know, I could say, please don't say stop being a man because that's really, really hurtful. And he could say, you know, when I see you controlling, it, it feels like you're distancing yourself from me. And again, um, we, my masculine and feminine have swapped again. I got scared and instead of leaning into my feminine energy and vulnerability and really asking for what I need, I just whoop, put that protective masculine back in place because masculine knows how to get shit done. So let's just like not be vulnerable here. Let's just put on that mask and like move forward. So it took, it took me a while and it took me being with a man who is in his healthy masculine and holds that masculine energy, but also has access to his feminine where we could play with that polarity. And now I would say being with him has dropped me even more into my feminine because I, he kind of handles the masculine pole. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I think a, a big part of it is is being with a partner who um, is committed to having this open communication where you can do it from a place where you're not we're not taking things personally you go look let's let's talk this out let's you know lay it out on the table um there's no you know you're wrong i'm wrong or anything like that but let's work through this in a way yes so exactly which is definitely in my mind movie about yes. the relationship. Oh, for I'm sure. <laughs> it's, it's coming for you, girl. It's coming. Like I, I tell all my, my, my grads of be the queen and my friends is, you know, a lot of times the woman's ready way before the man. Like, I feel like I was ready three years before mm, two, two years before he came because he wasn't, he wasn't ready for me yet. He was doing the last little bits and pieces that he needed to do to get ready. So sometimes I think a lot of women sometimes think that you know, they're doing something wrong or what do they need to fix? And and that's why I wanted to create Be the Queen too, because I wanted to give women a container where they were deepening their partnership with themselves, but they weren't coming from what do I need to fix about me or what do I need to do to get a man? Because I really believe that sometimes you're just in a waiting zone. Like you, you're ready and he's just completing what he needs to complete to be a match. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm also in a place of uh, surrender because I know that everything happens exactly when it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm doing a lot of very deep work on myself as well. Um, yeah. Because I realized, because, you know, there's nothing like a relationship to be a full transformational journey, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Totally. <laughs> uh, and I realized in my, my last relationship that, um, you know, this beautiful man, Wayne, would, would pour his heart out and tell me, all you know, all of his, you know, childhood thoughts and everything. And, and I'd be like, yeah, that's great. And not be able to reciprocate. Mm. And I'm like, why? And I realized that this, this whole trust thing, because, you know, my mother left when I was three. So yeah. I had this whole abandonment wound. Um, but it's Which not. Which makes a, sense. Like, right? your mother like yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least I finally got to a point where I realized that that was a problem. Like, oh, that was an issue because I, mm-hmm. I know even when I did the Hoffman process, I was like, I don't even remember my mother. That's not the problem. It's the other mother that's <laughs> an issue, but no. <laughs> I'm like, yes, of course. I was three. That was a monumental event. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, but it wasn't until I was in the relationship that um, I realized and it came to the surface. I'm like, oh, okay, now I get to yeah. see it. Now I get to work on it. Yeah. Um, so it's not yep. an issue moving forward. So yeah, in, in some relationships like Wayne, I, I talk about the five different kinds of relationships and I would call him a journey mate. So some relationships there, you're meant, there's an expiration date. You're meant to come and take a journey and it's not super dramatic or super like, an issue-based relationship is one of the super dramatic. You're fighting all the time. The sex is off the charts, but it's just like this crazy, you know, ah, kind of heightened relationship where all your inner childhood wounding is coming up. But a journey made is just this beautiful thing where someone comes in and they hold a mirror or they press a little button and they illuminate something, either an unresolved wound or it could even be like your creativity or even they, they reignite your sexuality or something like that. And they're not meant to stay around forever. They, they just, you just have the sole contract for this, you know, short time and they can be beautiful blessings. And, you know, that's another thing that I think is important for all of us to remember is that like not to evaluate a relationship on its longevity, but to really look at on like, what were the lessons learned in that relationship? Yeah. And just because it's it's over in the form that it was doesn't mean that it was a failure. Exactly. You know, which is the you know the uh the whole inspiration for the the name of this podcast not over just different yeah. is yeah. Martin Glenn relationship. You know, yeah. we're we're not together but we still have this, you know, beautiful, you know, business partnership and relationship together 
because it's, and it's just morphed into something different. Yep, yeah. exactly, which is so beautiful. And I, I love, you know, it's been, because I met you when you and Glenn were still married and to watch the, the metamorphosis for you both and how you've been able to just still love each other, hmm. even though you're not necessarily in love with each other. And like, that's what's so kind of devastating. I think about breakups is, you know, people can just get nasty and, and then rather than really focusing on the love and what you learned, it's, there's too much emphasis on the form. And if, you know, the, the, the romantic relationship is over then, you know, where yeah. it doesn't always have to be true. So not at thank all. you for being that inspiration for that. Yeah. Thank you. So um, your definition of a queen what is that? Oh, my definition of a queen is a woman who unapologetically is herself. She allows herself to see and really be seen. You know, she knows who she is deeply and likes who she is deeply. She's very clear about her values and her non-negotiables. And she has no shame or guilt for saying no when it's not in alignment she speaks the truth with love. She's in her purpose and her passion, both her passion in terms of her expression and her career and her passion in terms of her sexuality. She loves pleasure. She loves abundance. She loves beauty. She loves being in her feminine. And she also has a strong warrior woman that can step up. And when she needs to lead and she needs to you know, fight a battle for whatever reason, she can absolutely do that because she's incredibly courageous as well. Right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's it. That's all. <laughs> there may be more. I don't know. <laughs> she has a lot of fun too. Right. She doesn't take herself too seriously. <laughs> uh, so what do you think is some of the, the, you know, the common challenges that you see of women, you know, who, who are in our middle age that are, you know, we're looking at, you know, for some of us, you know, dating for the first time in 20 or 30 years, yeah. you're like, oh, you know, wow, this is a bit daunting. You know, what are some of the challenges that you see that uh, we could ease, that we could possibly overcome? Yeah, well, just that, the whole getting back in and it feeling daunting and it feeling overwhelming. You know, even with me, when I got divorced, the whole online dating and, and apps and things, I think eHarmony existed back in my 20s, but none of that was there. So the the whole swiping and texting as a way to get to know someone, and that was all very foreign to me. So I can... I can relate to that a bit. So I would say that that's one thing is that, you know, it, instead of paying attention to the wisdom that comes with age and the wisdom that comes from a divorce or a long-term relationship that ends up being complete, we pay more attention to how we feel like we were falling, we've like too late to the party or something like that. And I think, you know, the way I've helped my, my friends or people in the program or clients who face that is to really give more energy to the incredible like experience and wisdom you have, like being really clear on what you want, on how to communicate, you know, with age comes giving less fucks, if I can say that. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful thing because part of why the dating app world and everything is so confusing is because a lot of times people don't know who they are and what they want. And so they swipe based on who knows what, but with age comes incredible insight. So I just really encourage women to like tap into their intuition, to tap into their experience more and to really, really be clear when we're clear on what we want and what we don't want, it makes it so much less overwhelming. And what I always tell women is you don't need tons of men 
you just want one like that's it we're not asking we don't you don't need to make every man fall in love with you it's just the one that you really really want to be with and like one thing i always said to myself when that daunting feeling is coming up is i would say he's looking for me just as much as i'm looking for him i'm not i'm not doing this on my own like Mm -hmm. i just need to keep putting out the antenna and the vibration and that's the other thing is you know, the, the energy and the power of love, like what you said, Natalie, you know, it, when it's meant to be, it's going to happen. And for a lot of women, it's not going to come through an app. So you don't need to be daunted by being out of the game or not knowing technology or whatever. Like it's such an energetic thing that you can create inside of yourself in terms of calling someone in and just live your life and be the best partner you can be in. You could like bump into him at a supermarket or in your case, sit next to him on a plane or who knows. Mm -hmm. And I think that we get, we feel it's daunting when we feel like we have to do it on our own versus knowing what I'm looking for is seeking me as well. And there's so much I can do with the power of my heart and the power to call this in and the power of my intention that this doesn't have to be daunting. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I know I, uh, part of what I do too is, you know, because I am online um, and I haven't been for a while and I'm just about to, to start again. But back when I was online, uh, I would have a little ritual um, mm. because I would watch my mind movie before I, you know, went online and I'd have a little process. I'd have candles and maybe a glass mm-hmm. of wine and watch my mm-hmm. mind movie. So I'm vibrationally a match. I'm yep. clear about what it is that I'm looking for, you know, yep. so I know what that is. Um, and only then would I go man shopping after that. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's so key because especially with running the business that you do and having the life that you do intentionally shifting, it, it's, it's going to create a whole different, both one, how, what you see and clarity around it. And two, like actually who's going to pop up. Yeah. And I, I see that so often with, with women. And I saw that in my own dating life, but I was out, if I was at a stoplight and just swiping out of boredom. Yeah, I know. Please. Yeah, like, yeah. what kind of match is that going to be? It's That's just right. like, oh. And the other thing, too, especially with age, is I talk to a lot of men and a lot of men in their 40s and 50s. And when I ask them, you know, do you want a woman in her 30s or late 20s? Most of the time, is, and these are conscious men, these are men who have businesses, maybe they've had a marriage before, maybe they have children, but they, they're, they really are on a path of growing. They're like, no. I want a peer. Hmm. Like I want, I don't, I carry a business. I've raised, you know, some kids. Like I've, I've been taking care of people. Like I, I want a peer. I want a partner. And so, you know, I think again, don't do what I used to do, which is fall into a lot of the, the limiting beliefs that are out there. Because when I actually have asked men what they're looking for that are a match to like a woman like you, they say, no, I want a peer. I want a partner. They don't say I want, you know, someone 20 years younger than me. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And there's, and there's, but there are so many people out there that, and like you said, it's not like we need to find a hundred matches. We no. just need to find one. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. And he's looking for you too. Exactly. And and the other thing I would do too is that I would look, especially the online thing, because, you know, I have an online business. I would go, look, it's just a numbers game. And yep. so I, I would just, you know, make a few jokes about, look, you know, this is the conversion rate. If I reach out to yeah. this many guys, then this many will reach back. I'll get maybe one or two dates, you know, or <laughs> when I'm thinking about how I need to, to be on the first couple of dates and not make those mistakes like before, I go, it's like the sales funnel. You know, yeah. you've got to, you know, you're warming up people with the with the first couple of touches and then, you know, yeah. so I, I kind of, yeah. I, I get it and I can see it from that place because, you know, you know, I have friends of mine who would, you know, maybe reach out to 10 guys and two or maybe three would reach back, but they would be obsessing about the seven that didn't. I'm like, no, 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 yeah. they're not your guys. <laughs> don't, don't, don't even think about those. We're focus on the three. This is where we're looking. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I did that so much. I had such a thing for the ones that didn't want me. Like my, my ego, my insecurities and my like inner 14 year old were like, come on, like, please like me, please. And I would waste so much time and energy on the ones either weren't available emotionally Hmm. or just weren't that into me. Honestly, that book, he's just not that into you. Like if he's not, then great, because that's the universe. And I honestly think men are sometimes a little better at knowing, you know, really knowing. And if, if they're a no, like don't, don't try to change their mind. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, and the thing is too, like I, I went on a date not long ago and this guy, and, and, and I didn't pick it up at first, but about, you know, 10 minutes into the date, I'm like, oh, this guy's a player. Like I'm just, all the things I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but yeah. I recognized it pretty quickly and was able to. Yeah. To and that's again, it. the wisdom that comes with age and being around, like you're like, and now like yeah. you're smooth and you're attractive and you're saying all the right things, but I can see through it. Right. But the thing is, it's not like, I mean, he was um, adversely a, a, a player and there's mm. nothing wrong with that. You know, and there probably would have been a time where I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't mind having a good night or whatever. Yeah, but but yeah. I wasn't in that place. So at least I could make the decision for myself from an empowered place going like, this is not exactly. what I'm wanting right now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. Um, we, we're getting close towards the, the end of the, of the podcast today, but I, I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think is one of the most powerful things that women can do mm-hmm. if they're out there and they're looking for love? Um, whether it's, you know, something they do within themselves or some kind of action that they take, mm-hmm. they can really um, put them in a place where they are open to receive. Mm. So pleasure right. is my answer. And what I mean by that is, yes, everything from masturbation and having pleasure to doing things in your life that light you up. Because what I've seen is magnetic to men. One of man's core desire, one of men's core desires is to make a woman happy. Truly good men, they they love to serve, they love to honor, they want to be respected, mm-hmm. and they love to make a woman happy. Like even in sex, like so much their goal is making sure the woman is happy. And so when they see a woman who's in her pleasure, like walking through the grocery store and is fascinated with how juicy the the tangerines are, or is just laughing with the customer, the the clerk, or is just enjoying her her life. That's magnetic. And we as women, I think we're so busy. We have so much on our plate. Maybe we'll do the self-care, like go to yoga class, drink our green juice, talk to our life coach. But what are we doing that's just pleasurable? And fun. What are we doing that just lights us up in our body? And when I started doing that, like making sure that I had some kind of pleasure in my day, something that just 
like juiced me up, like really good sex would juice you up. You know how much energy you have after really amazing connected sex, you wouldn't sleep an hour and you're just like ready to run a marathon because you just feel full. Hmm. Um, And it's not just sex that does that. Anything super creative, like dancing to your favorite music, having just a, just a heart centered night with your girlfriends where you're just laughing your head off. Those are the things that I think make a woman magnetic. So if you can, Every day, ask yourself, did I do something pleasurable for myself today? Do, did I do something that lit me up? And if I haven't yet, I'm going to do that. I'm going to give that to myself so that I just radiate that kind of joy. And the intention of this isn't just to be magnetic to men. The intention in this is to be more in your feminine and just to like release stress hormones from your body because women just, we produce too many of them. Right. <laughs> and if you can have more pleasure, then you're going to be way more out of your head and in your body. Yeah. No, I love that. Christine, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, as it always is. Now, don't forget that you can find uh, Christine at actually Mm christinehassler.com and her amazing podcast, which I highly recommend that you check out, is called Over It and On With It. Um, And like I said, there's a lot of life coaching there and the way that you do it in the different formats. um, Mm. I'm like, when I grow up, I want my podcast to be like that. (laughs) Your podcast is awesome. <laughs> uh, so thanks again, darling, um, for, oh, for your pleasure. time and all of your wisdom. My pleasure. And I can't wait to meet your king. He's yes. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. He, he's not far away now, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and haven't yet subscribed to our podcast, please go ahead and do so on iTunes or Spotify or go to mindmovies.com forward slash podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, remember, new episodes are released every Monday morning. And this podcast is also brand new and we'd love to spread the word. So after you've subscribed, be a great girlfriend and pass it on to a friend who will enjoy this too. Until next time, remember, it's not over, just different.